Stay tuned. This is Restart Hope on 94.1 The Voice. You are listening to Restart Hope with Pastor Joel Sicker. Your freedom is true. And if you've not experienced freedom, you can because freedom is true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like the hands going up because that's, yes, Lord, I believe that. Amen to that. Good. Ah, come on. This is good. Freedom is good. Life in Jesus Christ is good. And because Christ raised from the dead, the demons that haunt you can go to hell where they belong. Okay? Because my Savior lives and death could not hold him down. And those temptations that keep coming back and knocking on your door, you know what? They have no power over you because your Savior lives. And you know what? That failure when you fell and you're like, oh my God, I fell again. It has no power over you because your Savior lives. And it says because He lives, He lives to make intercession for you right now in the presence of the Father. He's saying, I know my child is an idiot, right? But He's my child. I know He fell, but He's my child. I know He sinned, but He's my child. Satan has no power, no authority over him. He is clothed in my robes of righteousness right over him right you oh man you know I know I know I know he's covered in sin and shame that's what he thinks but no my child is covered in my robes of righteousness Satan has no power over him man he's not covered in his past he's not covered with the lies of what his enemies told him what his father told him what his mother told him what his boyfriend told him but he's covered in the righteousness of Jesus Christ thank you Jesus thank you Jesus thank you thank you thank you that I'm covered in your blood thank you Thank you. Thank you. Man, if Jesus was not raised from the dead, you are in your sin and you're most of all to be pitied. Oh, let's bring it home. And if you are an unbeliever over here and you've not given your life to Jesus, ah, you're still in your sin. You've not believed in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Why in the world did the early church make such a big deal of the resurrection? Because they knew that the sacrifice of lambs and good works will not get you in right standings with God. It was only the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Are you getting it this morning? But in fact, my Jesus has been raised from the dead. And because he lives, I live. I don't live because I'm a good guy. I don't live because I don't sin. Oh my God, I'm going to die this morning preaching this. I told you I had to preach to myself. You're welcome to eavesdrop. But in fact, my Savior lives. But in fact, my Savior lives. He was raised from the dead. In fact, my Savior lives. Oh my God, my Savior lives. Sin has no hold on me anymore. The power of sin is gone because my Savior lives. (laughs) Ah, he continues he says the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep he's going to illustrate this beautifully the first fruits if you want to go back home and read it from Leviticus chapter 23 Exodus chapter 23 it talks about the first fruits and folks this is important because it takes a transition from the beautiful resurrection of Jesus Christ to your resurrection oh my god I'm going to shake and fall this morning (sighs) I've never exerted myself so much in the past three weeks since I've been sick, but boy, this is important. And this is the last message I preach. I want you to get this because one day I'm going to see you in your resurrected body and we're going to jump for joy. We're going to have all the strength that we will ever need to worship with power. Isn't it going to be great? Are you getting a glimpse of heaven already this morning? First fruits, this is what it is, okay? Let me paint the picture. I told you it's a transition between the resurrection of Jesus and your resurrection because he was my first fruits. He was the first fruits. That's what they celebrated. The farmer... As soon as he sees the crop that's ready for harvest, he will pick it up and he will take it to the temple. 
<laughs> pick it up, take it to the temple. Hey, you need to know the side note. I'm, I'm talking to you now, okay? If there's no investment, you will not reap a reward. If there is no investment, you will not reap a reward. You cannot go to a bank where you don't have an account and say, hey, I want to withdraw my cash. He would say, excuse me, sir, you don't have an account. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus, you don't have an account in heaven. And this first fruits will make no sense to you because if you're not a part of his harvest, you're not a part of his fold. And this doesn't make sense to you. So if you're not a believer, I hope that the way I'm encouraged with scripture will compel you to give your life to Jesus this morning. Or you could do it in right now. Say, Jesus, I surrender. First fruits is a transition between his resurrection and my resurrection. So the first fruits, the farmer would go take the crop, uh, let's say it's a crop, uh, you know, grain of wheat or whatever, a stalk of wheat, and, and the priest would do something beautiful. He would wave it before the Lord as an offering. Ooh, man. He'd wave it before the Lord as an offering. And then the priest would take this and he would, he would actually clean the wheat and whatever needs to be done, like, you know, trash it or whatever. And then he would roast it and he would grind it into powder and he would make bread out of it and he would eat it. And that, that was the farmer saying, I am going to trust God with my first fruits and I'm going to give it as an offering to God as a first fruits isn't it interesting it says that Jesus was our first fruits he was crushed to fine powder and then he was made into bread he was the bread of life was he not that came into the world and anyone who eats him will not die and will live forever beautiful and he became our first fruits it was an example it was an act of faith of what was to follow from the harvest that was to come. The farmer would take it in faith and say, okay, here we go. It's my first crop and this is going to be in an act of faith of saying, I'm going to give this to God with faith knowing that all that God's going to bless and I will be able to reap all of this. And, and the Bible tells me that Jesus was our first fruits. In other words, he was the first person to enter into this death and resurrection as an example of what was to follow in the time of harvest. That's you and me, children of God, when we'll be raised again. And this was just an example of what was to come. And, um, and that's what Paul says, says, but in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. Jesus says this in John chapter 11, when he's talking to Martha, um, Lazarus' brother, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. Lazarus was dead. And, and Jesus telling Martha, he says, anyone who believes in me, even if he dies, he will live. You know why? It's because we misunderstood what life really is. We think life is breathing in, breathing out. We think life is, you know what? live a long life we think life is leave a legacy we think life is be buried uh, with respect and dignity but Jesus says anyone who believes in me will never die and even though he dies he will live because Jesus says he is life he is the way he is the truth he is the life and then he tells Martha anyone who lives and believes in me shall never die that's for Martha because she's still alive over here on this earth you believe me you'll never die even though you breathe your last you will never die you'll be with me and she says I know in the last day that he will be raised that you'll be raised but Jesus tells us even in a point of suffering and mourning and weeping he reminds us lady he says there will be a resurrection there will be a time when you will experience the fullness of life but is a life of resurrection something that should give us joy now is this a joy that we can experience now like I said earlier or is it something that we're just making up and getting excited about? It's great to know that my Jesus lives. It's great to know that he can overcome my temptation and sin and he can forgive me and he keeps on forgiving me, he keeps on making intercession for me. That's awesome. But can the reality of my resurrection, the reality of my transformation, the reality of my metamorphosis, 
actually bring me joy in my day-to-day life? <clears throat> and can it give me a glimpse of glory? Yes, it can. And this is the third thing I want to tell you, and we'll bring this to a close very, very, very soon. Don't laugh. Who's who? <laughs> You're like, yeah, right. <laughs> it's biblical, right? Shaba. Hey, Paul preached all night. Paul preached all night till a dude fell asleep and died. Fell off the win- He was sitting on a windowsill. He fell asleep. He fell down. He died. Uh, Paul goes, prays, raises him to life, and he continues preaching till daybreak. So if we want to be a real New Testament church, someone better die quickly so we can know. Are you guys having a good time this morning? Is the Holy Spirit moving in you this morning? There's a third thing. The fact of Jesus' resurrection and the hope of our resurrection brings meaning to your present existence. Now, this is important. I know it's a very simple sentence uh, compared to everything that I've been telling you, but the fact of Jesus' resurrection and the hope of our resurrection, I would say, is the only way you can find purpose and meaning in this life. Without being able to put your arms around this fact and reality, you will never ever see your life in the way you're intended to see your life. You will always see your life in a very temporary sense, but never in an eternal sense. Now, many of you have grown up in church, you've gone to church, you've heard many sermons, and it's quite possible that you always wondered, how can I have an eternal perspective? How can I have an eternal perspective in this life? Uh, you've heard messages on eternal perspective. I, know, I think even over here, I've preached multiple messages on that very similar theme. Uh, just not too long ago, we preached, um, we went through a three-week mini-series in our book of Philippians, uh, speaking of spiritual transformation. And if you don't have a church app, I urge you to please download it, because I don't know how long we'll be able to put up stuff like this on, on the internet. You know, download the app, and uh, it's been really encouraging for me to hear from some of you that you've been listening to, like the Revelation series, and you know, in a time of this man, it's good to go back to those, those, those scriptures and ask God, God, what are you doing in this time? This particular, these three sermons on spiritual transformation would be a fantastic message if God is doing something in you to dive a little deeper into this topic, um, but that's a little plug for, for that message, but, uh, for that series, but unless you're able to put your arms around this beautiful ultimate metamorphosis that will happen to us because of the fact of it being a reality because of the hope that we have in this you will never be able to make sense of what's happening in your life right now your marriage will only reflect what the world says marriage is dare I say even the church will begin to reflect what the world says the church needs to be if we take our eyes and our focus off this reality of the fact of Jesus' death and resurrection the hope of our resurrection only then will we be able to find purpose and meaning in whatever we do. I think it's quite possible that our country is in the state where it isn't right now is because we've lost focus on our resurrection. That there is a day when we will be raised back to life and everybody will have to stand and give an account. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 32, the second part of it says, If the dead are not raised, let us just eat, drink, for tomorrow we die. Hey, that seems like it's, it's describing the country that I'm living in right now, describing America. Let's just eat, drink, and we'll die. Just party it up, man. Hey, just grasp whatever you can and do whatever you can, and you have an opportunity to take a hold of it. You can sleep around, sleep around. You can do drugs, do drugs. You can steal, steal. You can lie, you can lie. There are so many, uh, you know, these prank videos that go around where people drop a phone or drop some money, and people pick it up. And when they go back and they're like, hey, you picked up my money, you picked up my phone. It's crazy to see how these people lie. For $100. 
You're willing to sell your soul for $100. That's the world we're living in. Hey, you know what? If there's dead and not raised, just eat, drink, and for tomorrow we die. It's quite possible you live this way. And it's possible you live this way because you do, you do not have the right perspective of this life because you've lost focus on your resurrection. In John chapter 6, verse 39, Jesus says, And this is the will of him who sent me, that I shall lose none of those he has given me, but raise them up at the last day. For it is my Father's will that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life. And I will raise him up on that last day. Folks, I want to tell you, this is not going to be up on your screen, but you might want to write this down. When you are able to put your arms around this beautiful truth of your resurrection, because it's a fact proven in Jesus' death and resurrection, and it's a hopeful thing, your relationship with Jesus will find new meaning. The resurrection of Jesus and the hope of our resurrection destroys legalism. It destroys religion. Some of you might be sitting over here and getting really irritated at a message like this and a message like last week and even the week before because it seems like God is just a really angry guy who wants to pour out his wrath on you. The fact of the matter, folks, is God is actually very loving and is trying to save you from the wrath that you're bringing on yourself. And when you're able to come to terms with the resurrection being a reality that's been proven, and when you're able to come to terms that the hope of your resurrection is a reality, because Jesus was our first fruits, we're going to follow that way, only then will your relationship, a personal relationship with Jesus make sense to you. Let me explain this a little, little, a little better. Paul says, you know what, if there's no re- resurrection from the dead, let's just eat, drink, for tomorrow we die. See what he continues to say in verse 33 in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. He says, do not be deceived. Bad company ruins good morals. So what must you do? Wake up from your drunken stupor. That doesn't mean that you're drunk on alcohol only. It's possible. But wake up from your drunken stupor. You're drunk on the world. You're drunk on now. You have your three things that you want to chuck off your box before you die. You want to be successful and leave a legacy. You want to live a long and a happy life. You want to look healthy. You want to look like a supermodel. You want to look like an Instagram model. Whatever it is. That's your box of checking off because you're not thinking past that. Not only when you will stand before God but when you would come back and you'll be raised again to life. Those who are feeding you, getting you drunk on the world is actually pulling you away from the reality of your resurrection, pulling you away from purpose and meaning in this life, and they're dragging you away to hell, which is what this world is. That's all the time we have for today, but we would like to hear from you. Our address is P.O. Box 2014 Eagle, Idaho 83616. You can also listen to this message and more on the Living Church Boise app, available in your app store.